Mike Woodson may not want to do a call it as such on Wednesday night, but the Hoosiers made a very loud statement against UNC. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome in to what is surely going to be a very fun episode of Locked On Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. want to thank you for making us your first listen on this Thursday, this Victory Thursday, as well as every other day of the week. And that's what we're going to talk about today. It's a fun one. It's why you guys probably tuned in. It was Indiana 77, UNC 65, uh, a game that the score may not do it enough justice for just how much IU controlled this game. It rarely... I don't know if there's ever really a moment where it felt like IU was not in control of this outcome. Uh, so it, it was a dominant. I, I feel comfortable calling it a dominant win, even if it was just a 12-point victory. Um, in any number of ways, IU won this game uh, when you compare the head-to-heads, uh, whether it is field goal percentage, whether it is... Uh, you know, points in the paint, whether it is points off turnovers, uh, every little way, Indiana was the better team on Wednesday, and the end result is the biggest win of the season for them, even if it comes against a UNC team that seems to be slumping right now. We talked to Isaac Shade of Locked on Tar Heels about their performance up in the Northwest over the weekend. This is their third straight loss. Uh, this is still a team that largely was, was the team that won a title last year. So, um, I, I still think it's an impressive win. The way Indiana did it was what made it most impressive to me. You have to start off this game talking about the defense Indiana played. This is a truly elite defense. Indiana has, um, you can look at whatever ratings you wish. Ken Palm has them as the number 11 defense in the country. Now that's with playing two games against top 35 teams on the road at Xavier at home against North Carolina. Um, they're still one of the best defenses in the country. They absolutely wreaked havoc on UNC. We talked about it before. I think the difference, the biggest difference uh, in this IU team and the way they play difference versus last year, the way they played defense versus last year is how much they're able to, to put pressure on the ball and push teams out to half court to start their offense. Uh, you saw the first half or the, the possession in the first half where Indiana forced a couple turnovers, led to a couple fast break buckets by Trey Galloway, one a layup, the other one a, a pretty emphatic dunk. And I think that was the the best kind of snapshot of what this Indiana defense was able to do. Uh, They finished with 17 points off turnover to just four for UNC. You, and part of that is, I mean, UNC had 10 turnovers. Indiana had eight. Uh, It's just Indiana. A lot of their turnovers were those type of live ball turnovers that we just mentioned where they're turning the ball over in the backcourt and their guards are getting out and running. You saw Trace had the one play where he comes away with the steal, gets it up to Trey Galloway in the second half, had that acrobatic finish. 
we're going to talk about Trey Galloway. We've already mentioned his name a couple times, but this was, I don't want, I mean, the, the defense continues to be impressive. This defense is what's going to make them a national contender. And it's going to keep them in every game. When the defense is playing well, you're going to be able to stay in games, no matter what your offense is doing. Now, with Trace Jackson Davis, uh, your offense should be doing a lot every game. And it, Trace was doing a lot on Wednesday, but that's what Mike Woodson has brought to Bloomington immediately is this level of defense that is suffocating. I mean, you can use any number of, of terms, suffocating, strangling, um, anaconda like grip, whatever it is you want to use. I saw Zach Osterman throwing some of these, uh, these phrases, these words out a vice like grip, whatever you want to call it. That's what this defense was. UNC shoots 33.9% from the field, 27.8% from three, five of 18. You know, a couple of those threes were, uh, not good. <laughs> they were, Indiana did, did well to force them into bad shots and UNC made a couple of them. The second half specifically though, UNC goes one of 10 from the three point line. This, this defense is the most impressive part about this Indiana team to me. Uh, and they, that this is the, the one complaint I have about this defense is the, the ticky tack fouls. And I know there was a lot of focus on the refereeing, Admittedly, I watched this game after the fact. I followed along. I couldn't watch live. I knew the result. So maybe the emotions weren't in it as much to me. Uh, there were some calls that were iffy. It felt more than anything. IU was just kind of on the wrong side of 50-50 calls a number of times. And when those kind of pile up, you feel like you're being hard done by. What this team does, though, they do not really adjust well to a game that's being called tight with some of the ticky-tack fouls. This is a very physical IU team, and they were last season as well, and this bit them in the butt a couple times last season, is when referees are calling the game really tight, the way IU wants, or the way IU typically plays is really kind of handsy, really aggressive, really up in your face, which when they're not calling a, a tight game, it overwhelms opponents. But when they are, Indiana struggles to kind of adjust and the result is more often than not just Indiana committing more fouls. Um, the the thing that kind of frustrates me is when, especially as you get into the second half, when you know how the refs are calling a game at this point and you continue to make some of those same silly fouls and then throw your hands up in the air complaining at the refs, that doesn't do anything. You don't get sympathy votes or sympathy points uh, just because you think you're getting hard done by by officials adjust. That's the biggest thing I would ask this team to do, but that's a, that's a pretty minute complaint. And that's kind of taking it out of the hands of the officials who may or may not be good or bad on some nights. But outside of that, this defense, I you can't complain about, they have the defenders on the perimeter this year with Xavier, with Jalen, with Trey Galloway, Tamar Bates has shown a lot of improvement on that end as well. And then they have the the interior defenders, Trace, Race, Malik, uh, Jordan Geronimo. It's a nice blend, and this team, this is a, a, 
a very complete team uh, on the defensive end, at least. The offense, I wouldn't describe it as complete, but defensively, this team is going to give every opponent they face nightmares because this is one of the best defensive teams in the country. And that <laughs> that creates a lot of fun. In, a, in an environment like Assembly Hall was on Wednesday, when you're not getting shots to fall, when I use going on a run because they're creating turnovers in the backcourt and getting out for dunks, when they're scoring 17 points off turnovers to your four and Assembly Hall is rocking, it's hard mentally to not get down, not be rocked a little bit, not be on your heels. And you saw that at times from, from UNC. So that's my way of giving a hat tip to the defense, to the fans at Assembly Hall. Unbelievable. It, it This was one of those, um, Greg Doyle used a phrase in his piece on the Indy Star. This was a memory game. This is a game you're going to remember for a long time, especially those fans, the ones that, that kind of camped out and waited for this game. You're going to remember this game for a long time. This, this was this was as fun as Assembly Hall can be, and let's hope there there's more on the horizon for the Hoosiers this season. Uh, games like that. We got to talk about Trace, and he's going to be the first name of a couple players we're going to talk about here in a minute. Before we do that, betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Uh, get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from basketball to soccer to football to esports, whatever it is, betonline.net has you covered. I mentioned that I would take IU at minus six and a half. Uh, because I thought this one, I felt good about it. And IU responded by winning by 12 points. And six, it wasn't six points for most of the second half. So you, it, it was ultimately a pretty comfortable cover, especially because IU made free throws at the line. So if you guys want to get in on the action before Wednesday, or Saturday's game against Rutgers, uh, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. We got to talk about Trace. I didn't expect that first segment to go so long. I wanted to talk about him there. We're going to lead off this segment with him. I think the... This, the the tweet I saw that kind of best describes what he did on Wednesday, Trace Jackson Davis is the only Division One player in the last 25 years to have 20-plus points, 10-plus rebounds, 4-plus assists, and 4-plus blocks with no turnovers against an AP Top 25 opponent. Dominant is what he was, and there is no qualifier to that. He was dominant. There was nobody slowing him down. Uh, 21 points, 10 rebounds, four assists, four blocks. As that stat said, no turnovers. Um, he was the best player on the court again. And we said that in the Xavier game, sometimes you just need to have the best player on the floor and he can carry you to a win. Uh, he was the best player on the floor on Wednesday. He didn't have to do as much carrying to a victory. He was still really damn good. And in a matchup between two of the best big men in the country, albeit Armando Baycott was pretty banged up. He had that foot injury coming in. It looked like he may have done something to a shoulder. 
during the game, Trace won that battle hands down. I'd like to see the two of them match up when both are healthy because Trace is nursing some injuries as well. Uh, I'd like to see them match up when the two of them are healthy, but round one goes to Trace. And if there's a round two, it's going to be in the tournament. But round one goes to Trace. What was interesting was how much more pick and roll the Hoosiers ran on Wednesday. This is, it's something that we mentioned they weren't doing. And I don't know if I mentioned it on here. I hope I did. What I kind of was hypothesizing was that it was something they were keeping in the playbook until a game like this, when they needed it and not against Bethune Cookman, where you're going to win anyway. Why give other teams tape on how you're going to run the pick and roll? Wait until the UNC game, the Arizona game, the Kansas game to show this because especially with Xavier and Trace, there's a lot of comfortable comfortability, familiarity there. You don't need to run it as much because those two know what they're doing. I think we saw some more of that on, on Wednesday and it wasn't just X. It was, it was Trey Galloway as well. A lot of it felt like it came in the second half with, and with how trace was playing UNC was shading its defense to trace on that. The, the ball handler, the, the defender of the ball handler and the big were both kind of shading to trace to, to stop the roll. And it meant Trey Galloway had a number of little floaters. Xavier had a couple floaters could get to the rim. It's kind of a pick your poison in, and with trace playing as well as he was, UNC didn't want to have him continue going off uh, and that led to openings for Trey and for Xavier and they took advantage of them. Both of them had really strong second halves. Both of them had really strong games. I was wondering why we weren't seeing more pick and roll. I think tonight showed that it's still perfectly fine. It was possibly something they were keeping in their playbook, but Trace was absolutely magnificent. We've said it. He said it. These aren't the games he really cares about necessarily anymore in terms of his legacy. But if what he wants to do is win a Big Ten title, win a national title, in the big picture, these games matter. And this is a, another game that was a ho-hum 20-10 and 10 with four assists and four blocks in, in a performance that hasn't been done in the last 25 years. So uh, um, I think... Everybody will take that, Trace included. Xavier, we mentioned, one of the biggest things about him this season versus last season is how much more composed, how much more poised, uh, how much different of a player he is in that regard this season. Things could get wild with X last season. I, I think back to that Wisconsin game on the road where he had all sorts of opportunities um, and it went awry to say the least on Wednesday. That was just kind of the latest example of his maturation as a player and that he was taking advantage of the opportunities without being wild. And the result was 20 points, eight rebounds, four assists. Most importantly, he was ice in his veins at the free throw line down the stretch, went eight of 10 on free throw shooting uh, I think almost all of those came in the final 90 seconds, two minutes of the game. couple steals added to that. IU had seven steals. He had two of them. Just 
when you can go into a game and we'll mention this later, when you can go into a game at this point, I am confident trace and Xavier Johnson are going to play well against any opponent. And it may be the 50 some odd points they scored against Xavier. It may be 41 that they had tonight, whatever it is, you know, you're going to get a really high level of play with the two of them. There's a comfort to that. And we mentioned the defense is going to keep you in games. And if you have Xavier and trace playing, uh, at a pretty high level, that's going to win you games. So this combination is starting to play out and it's a really good combination for Indiana because Xavier's just a whole lot more reliable this season than he was last year. Kudos to him for, for that's not an easy progression to make Jalen hood. Shafino absolutely have to talk about him in the first half. He, he had, that was a grown man. First half that was, uh, 14 points, six rebounds, two assists, uh, a steal, six of 10 shooting, two of three shooting from three. It was kind of a, a two act play a little bit where act one in the first half was Jalen act two. in the second half was Xavier. Um, Trey Galloway kind of was a, a part of both halves, but Jalen was sensational with that six of 10 shooting that two of three, three point shooting on nights where he's going to get his three pointer to drop. He's going to be like damn near unstoppable. I, I, I don't, I was kind of debating in my head if that's a word I wanted to use, but yeah, that first half damn near unstoppable because defenses are just going to dare him to shoot threes. And when he can make them, even in, in short spurts, it's going to change how defenses react to him. He's a smart enough player, a good enough player to take advantage of that when defenses react in those types of ways. Um, it was obviously and easily his best half of the season. He broke out of that shooting slump in the first half. It, it was a great night for him to get back on track. I, it makes me really excited about what could be in store for him moving forward. Last guy worth mentioning we did a a couple times is Trey Galloway. He is going to be super important this season in some actions that we saw him run a couple times. It's going to be kind of that secondary playmaker role where you have on the the strong side of the court, you know, Jalen or Xavier running maybe a pick and roll with Trace or Malik. Um, It doesn't necessarily create a shot. You swing the ball around and then suddenly you have Trey and a big man against a compromised defense that was shading over to help. And if you react quick enough and and run a a pick and roll quick enough, you get sets where Trey can get to the rim and get into the lane. And I think that's going to be an area he has a lot of value this season. He's an improved ball handler. We saw that even at the end of last year. Uh, out of necessity in that Northwestern game. He was five of seven on Wednesday, only one three pointer attempted, but obviously all this goes along with him being just an incredible defender, um, an enveloping defender on the perimeter. And he's as every he's, he is just as important as anyone is on the defensive end of the court. He played 23 minutes on Wednesday that was the fifth most minutes. He played more than Miller cop who started. We saw that last year. That's a very matchup dependent type of position that Trey is in. 
If you're playing against a little bit smaller of a team, if Trey has things going, then he's going to finish out the game. And we saw that on Wednesday. There's a, there's even more. I want to finish up talking about, I'm trying not to make this episode too long after Wednesday's ran long, but a couple things I want to touch on, uh, just some big, big picture takeaways from this game. We'll dive into those in just a second. So the biggest thing I, I took away from this game, and I told this to a few different people, including including Isaac Shade uh, after the game, is this team is ready for any moment. Uh, you saw that at the end of last season. Again, something, something flipped, uh, a switch flipped in them late last season. Even in kind of the loss to Purdue, they were ready for that moment against a really good Purdue team. The Michigan game, I think, might have been where things really switched. Uh, that big comeback seemed to really spark something in them. Maybe a, a sense of belief. They come. They after that, you know, they take down Illinois. They they have the win. I mean, they took Iowa to to the buzzer with that silly Jordan Bohannon shot. They take it to Wyoming, and as much as anything, that was a good St. Mary's team. But I think IU was gassed after playing, you know, a month of must win basketball which they put themselves in that position, but they were ready for every moment along the way. We've seen now this season against Xavier, now against North Carolina, they're ready for these moments. They are nothing about these moments seem too big for them. They, they seem fully prepared and fully ready for what is in front of them, which is a testament to Mike Woodson, a testament, testament to this team for being prepared for these moments knowing what to expect, executing a game plan, not being overwhelmed. Now that could still come. I mean, there, there's going to be tough big 10 games along the way. I mean, they're going to fog Island Fieldhouse. Like that's going to be a challenge. They're going to play Xavier on a neutral court on the West side of the country, uh, much closer to Arizona than they are uh, Indiana over in Vegas. So there's going to be moments that they'll still be tested, but what I'm certain is this team, they they have that it factor. They are, they are ready for these moments. They're composed. This is a team that you look at and think they could win a national title. And I know that's a lot to take away from a, a November game. Also, I mean, albeit a, a, a late November game, but a November game, but this is something I was kind of sitting on after that Xavier game. And, and how they've really handled themselves through these, through the easy part of the schedule. I think this team is really, they have it. Whatever you wanted to find it is, uh, or it as, they have it. That it factor, they have. Uh, I, I also think you can have questions about this team. There certainly still are some. They were 3 of 13 from 3. They only attempted four three-pointers in the entire second half. The bench wasn't great again outside of Galloway. Uh, Tamar Bates, Malik Renew, and Jordan Geronimo had three total makes on 11 shots. I thought they all contributed in different ways, especially defensively, but there's still some questions there about the role players that we continue to have. The depth is great against Bethune-Cookman, but is it great against North Carolina? Is it great against... Xavier, Kansas, Arizona, the NCAA tournament time, or is it going to be great then? That might be my biggest concern about this team right now is this depth kind of answering the bell. 
They controlled the game on Wednesday, regardless of the score. Uh, like I said, so ultimately you can have questions about this team, but they've now showed up for two big games in a row. And I think that matters more than anything. The details we're talking about matter in terms of a national title, but this team has played, I mean, overall they've played well in their two biggest tests of the season, two tests that were pretty hyped up. I mean, everybody was aware that Xavier game was a big test. There was eight days between that game. That was a lot of time for me, for whoever, the the blogs, the Indy Star, everybody. That was a lot of time for us to talk about how important that Xavier game was. There was a lot of time. There was five days before this game of people talking about how important that game was, and they've met expectations in both of them, and I think that's really important. Another big important takeaway is that these two freshmen are are ready for these moments as well. Malik in the first game against Xavier played really well, closed that game. We obviously saw Jalen on Wednesday. There's still going to be bumps in the road. There still might be some road games where a lot of this doesn't go right, but having these two with as much potential as they have with as much talent as they have is maybe the biggest difference between IU last season and IU this season. It raises the ceiling. It raises the floor. And it means that this Hoosier team can go from bubble team to title contender, not solely because of those freshmen. There's a lot of other parts playing into that. But they're a big reason why this team it, it looks really set for a title chase this season. Now, Big Ten play starts. Saturday, road game at Rutgers. How are you going to respond after an emotional win uh, tonight or on Wednesday against North Carolina? We'll see. It's going to be a big test. Um, in some ways, it might be one of the bigger tests of the season because it's coming immediately after an emotional game. So, We'll see how the Hoosiers respond to that. The IU women's team is in action tonight against UNC as well. Tune into that. If you're a student or somebody in Bloomington listening, go to the game. It's going to be a lot cheaper, a lot warmer. You don't have to camp out for this one or stand in a long line. It would be awesome to have something close to the atmosphere we had for the men's game in that one. And a side note, unrelated to basketball at all. If you did not see how you gave an update on Dexter Williams, I I had a a separate video of it on our Twitter, on our YouTube earlier on Wednesday, but they announced he had a, he suffered a dislocated knee with what they described as quote, significant structural damage. That's vague, but still serious enough that, you know, things are bad. Uh, You obviously associate kind of the ACL, MCL, PCL, all those with a knee injury, but you're also, when it's a knee dislocation, you're talking patellar tendon, you're talking quad, which can turn an already serious injury into a much more serious injury. They won't know the full extent until surgery, which is scheduled for next week. So send your thoughts, your good vibes, your prayers, whatever it is you you do, send all of that to Dexter Williams's uh, way because He's going to need it. It it seems like it might be a pretty bad injury, which is just a a huge bummer because he had showed so much promise so quickly for this IU football team. Thanks again, guys, for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back with you tomorrow to recap the women's IU-UNC showdown. 
preview that Big Ten matchup against Rutgers as well. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you guys get podcasts. Follow us on Twitter. Like I said, we post videos, reactions, stuff like that over there. Subscribe to the podcast if you have not already. Leave a quick rating and review. All of that great stuff. You guys know the drill. As always, though, appreciate you guys for always tuning in, especially after a win like this. Go Hoosiers this evening. And like I said, as always, Elio.